0: A very pleasant good morning to each one of you. I hope, as we've already sung this morning, that we have uh, begun this day with praise to our God. Uh, Before we begin uh, our study this period, I need to uh, make an announcement um, that if you are regularly uh, going to the adult class in the back classroom that Brother Drew Parsons is teaching on Christians in a secular age, uh, that class will not be meeting this morning because Brother Drew is sick. And so all of us adults will stay out here in the auditorium class and study with Brother Don. And he said he's uh, going to be talking about King Josiah this morning. So that's always a a really good study. Um, If you have your Bible, you might want to go ahead and turn to Philippians chapter 4. Philippians chapter 4 is where we are going to be in our study in this session here in just a few minutes. You know, in the in the current environment in which we find ourselves living today, uh, we don't have to look very far to see things that at least have the potential to cause us worry and stress and anxiety. Uh, you can look at the go to the the gas station and it seems like almost every day the price has gone up 10 or 15 or 20 cents a gallon. Uh, Thankfully, I got some gas yesterday and it's actually come down a little bit. Uh, Maybe that will start a trend in the right direction. Uh, If you watch the news, know what's going on at all in our country right now, uh, you can see that there has been a rash of gun violence. We certainly know as we walk outside every day, and we are getting a little bit of a reprieve today, but the heat wave that has hit us, thats uh, seemed like it's going to return here in a few days, and maybe that has caused worry or stress or anxiety in your life because you uh, just see the meter (laughs) rapidly spinning around outside your house, and you know you're going to have a big electric bill uh, come the end of the month. If you have money invested in financial markets, uh, you know that they have been very unstable this year. It's just been a really roller coaster ride. And if you have money invested in the stock market, you can make 2% one day and lose 4% the next. Again, we don't have to look very far to see things that potentially can cause anxiety in our lives. And so the potential for anxiety and stress, I think especially right now, as it's always been, but especially right now seems to just be ever-present. We don't have to go looking for it. (laughs) It's kind of one of those things that comes looking for us. So how do we respond to that as Christians? How do we deal with the environment in which we find ourselves living right now? Where do we turn for help and relief for the worries and the cares, the stresses of life that we as Christians deal with Well, because we are Christians, because we have a relationship with God our Father through His Son Jesus Christ, we have the blessing, we have the privilege of prayer to see us through the anxious times of life. And so this morning what I want to do is just to invite all of you to join me as we're going to read and reflect on just two New Testament texts that teach us about prayer in anxious times. Lots of Uh, scriptures that we could consider this morning, but since we have a limited amount of time in this session, just to think about two of these. And the first of those is where you are hopefully open this morning to Philippians chapter 4. Philippians chapter 4. If you were here uh, at at our VBS a few weeks ago, as we talked about Paul and looked at at some some different times in his life, and one of those nights, I think it was uh, Tuesday night, we thought about Paul and suffering. We thought about Paul uh, having peace through persecution, and we looked at this passage uh, just very briefly, but I want us to go back and look at it in a little bit more detail this morning. So from Philippians chapter 4, let's begin reading here at verse 4 and read down through verse 7. Paul writes here, "'Rejoice in the Lord always.' Again, I will say, "'Rejoice. Let your gentle spirit be known to all men. The Lord is near.'" Be anxious for nothing, but in everything, by prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known to God. And the peace of God, which surpasses all comprehension, will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. When you think about the the book of Philippians, uh, if you had to give it a title or if you had to summarize the book in just a few words or or pick out a a theme of the book of Philippians, I would pick that it's joy. He is writing to these brethren and reminding them of the joy that they have in Christ. And as he says here at the beginning of the section that we read this morning at verse 4, he says, rejoice in the Lord always. Again, I say rejoice. To me, in my mind, that, that is really the, the, uh, the, the core of the message here in Philippians is to rejoice in the Lord. It's finding joy in the Lord Jesus Christ. But even in this book about joy, here is Paul toward the end of this book giving these brethren and us some instructions uh, uh, about suffering. He is giving us some instructions about how to deal with times in our life when we face worries, when we are beset with the cares of life, when we are dealing with anxiety. And what that tells me, I, th- I think it's very Uh, interesting and worth noting here that in this book of Joy in the Lord, that even as we rejoice in the Lord always, we're going to experience times in our life of sadness. There are going to be times when we are stressed about our life circumstances. Just because we are people who find joy in the Lord and we are to be joyful in the Lord in whatever circumstance we find ourselves doesn't mean that everything's going to be great in our life that we're never going to have any trials or difficulties that we have to deal with. That just because we have made the decision to come and follow Jesus Christ doesn't mean that somehow we're exempt from dealing with anxious times. Having set that kind of as a foundation, I want us to just look at this text from this standpoint to notice three truths that the Apostle Paul is giving us here that will help us in times of anxiety. Whether you're going through a stressful, anxious time in your life right now, or whether that's going to come in the future. First of all, he says that we need to remember from verse 5 that the Lord is near. Uh, This phrase, of course, is used throughout the New Testament. Uh, Some of your versions actually may say that the Lord is at hand, but I think both of those ideas of being at hand or near is kind of the same uh, thought or should put the same picture into our mind. This phrase obviously can refer to the ever-present reality that that Jesus Christ may return at any moment. And sometimes this word is used, I think, throughout the New Testament to help us remember that we don't know exactly when the Lord is going to return. But I believe it can also refer to the Lord being close by. It can be talking to us about Uh, this very close, personal, intimate relationship that we all have as followers of Jesus Christ. And at least in my mind, as I try to fit that phrase into the greater context here of Philippians chapter 4, I believe Paul is trying to remind these Christians that even though they can't physically see the Lord, He is present. He is there walking with them in this time in their life. He is always close at hand. So obviously we know from uh, passages like the the end of Matthew chapter 28 or the end of Luke 24 or Acts chapter 1 that Jesus left this earth and he ascended back to his Father in heaven and he's sitting there reigning at his right hand over heaven and earth. So obviously he is in heaven, but I, I believe Paul is reminding us here that our Lord is always nearby. He is always close at hand to strengthen us through every day of life, but especially in the trying times of life. And and I believe we feel that nearness, not not some kind of mystical, mysterious kind of feeling, but I, I believe we feel that nearness in a very real sense when we draw near to God in prayer. So I'm getting behind already on the PowerPoint this morning. But secondly, we need to take our anxieties to God With prayer and supplication. And that's what Paul says to us next. As we remember that the Lord is at hand, that He is close by, then Paul says to us in verse six Be anxious for nothing, but in everything, by prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known to God. There are two words that Paul uses here in verse six. Number one, he says that we are to take our anxieties to God by prayer or in prayer. The word prayer is just a general word for our communication with God. Uh, and, And that's the word that we think of as we think about communicating with God. We, of course, God communicates with us as we read His word. He is talking to us. He is expressing His will, making known His desires for the kind of people that He wants us to be in His Son, Christ. But then we talk to God in prayer. We are communicating with Him. And so that can just be kind of Uh, a catch-all word, if you will, to describe our communication with God. But then Paul also uses a more specific form of prayer as he says that we are to take our anxieties to God by prayer or through prayer and supplication. And the word supplication is the idea of an urgent or a very earnest request. And to me, it seems to many times be talking about uh, something that is very specific. Prayer can kind of be general, um, but this word supplication is very specific that when we, there is a specific need that we have in our life, when there's a specific circumstance that is in this context of Philippians 4 causing us stress, uh, bringing worry to our mind, causing us to be anxious that we can pray to God for those specific needs. It's the idea of begging or pleading with God to grant our request and for God to work in a specific circumstance or situation that we are dealing with in our life. I think it's a good idea for us as much as possible, especially in our private personal prayers, to be very specific with God. I mean, God knows the things that we need. Jesus tells us that in the Sermon on the Mount in, in uh, Matthew chapter 6. He already knows the things that we need. But I believe it is good for us to be very specific in our prayers and not just be general. I realize those of us who are men that lead public prayers, it may not always be possible for us to be as specific as we would like. But even in our public prayers, I think it is a good idea for us to be specific. When we have a brother or sister in Christ that's dealing with a difficult time, whether it's a health issue or whether it's some some mental anxiety that they're dealing with or financial or a family issue, whatever it is, uh, to be as specific as we can. Sometimes, uh, again, I I realize that's not always easy for us to do. Uh, Sometimes even if we write down a list as we're leading a public prayer, if you're like me, you can be looking right at that list and and (laughs) you're thinking about something else. Your your mind is on something else as you're praying to our Father. Uh, But God wants us to be specific. And so as we are being this kind of people, as we are fervently bringing our anxieties before our God, before his throne, uh, Paul reminds us also here in this verse, verse 6, that we need to do that with thanksgiving, that we're not coming to God as ungrateful people. We're coming to God thanking him for who he is, maybe thanking him for how he has helped us in an anxious time in the past, how he has helped us to overcome that, remembering the answers that he has given us to our past prayers and might not have been the answers that we were looking for, but nevertheless, God gave us an answer. He gave us what is best. But also knowing and thanking God that he hears our prayers and that he answers our prayers presently. And he has made the promise that he's going to continue to do that. So we need to uh, take our anxieties to God. We don't need to internalize them. We need to take them to God. And lay them at his feet, as it were, at his throne, and trust that God is more than able to uh, deal with those, to handle those for us. And thirdly, Paul says to us here from verse 7 that when we pray in this way, that we have this promise from God. He says, The peace of God, which surpasses all comprehension, will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. That is, that God is going to give us his peace. And that peace will protect us, that peace will guard uh, our hearts and our minds. The, we don't have time this morning to get into those two words, especially the word heart, but that is used all throughout the Bible, obviously. And depending upon the context, it can be talking about our will, it can be talking about uh, our, our intellect, our th- thought process, it can be talking about our emotions. Sometimes I think it's, it's all of those combined But whatever specifically Paul has in mind here, that that God's peace can guard our thoughts as our thoughts may be all over the place in anxious times, that God will guard our, our thoughts and specifically our emotions. That when we are facing stressful times in our life, that our emotions obviously are touched and they can take us all over the place. But God's peace can guard us maybe from further anxiety, An anxiety that may overwhelm us, just overtake us. And that gives us the strength that we need to carry on. And Paul says to us here uh, that this is a peace that surpasses all understanding or all comprehension. I think he's telling us here, we, we may not know all the ins and outs of how this works, of how God accomplishes it. But when we have come through that situation, or even as we're in that anxious time, right there in the midst of that trial, that that we can feel confident that God's peace is with us. I don't know about you, but I can think of some concrete examples in my own life uh, where I believe uh, the peace of God uh, was with me. And the peace of God is what got me through that anxious time. Uh, Last uh, January of last year, uh, my mom that lives in Mississippi Uh, got COVID and she had to go into the hospital for five days. So we're living six hours away in Kentucky and uh, Anna drove down to take care of my mom and she texted me on a Sunday morning, uh, right before I was about to get up to preach, she said, I'm having to take your mom to the hospital. (laughs) And I was able to to get through the sermon just fine uh, because throughout that whole situation, she thankfully came home and we were able to go back home. Uh, but, but I wasn't really anxious about that for some reason. And I, I think it's because I was taking that anxiety to God in prayer. And there were I knew other brothers and sisters that loved me that were taking that anxiety to God in prayer. And so I had God's peace. Surely the peace that Paul is describing here, the peace that God gives us, is the peace that Jesus Christ himself promised to us. If you go back to the Gospel of John for just a moment, in John chapter uh, 14... And I realize here in in chapters uh, 13 through uh, 17 that there are a lot of things that uh, Jesus is saying just to the 11 apostles it is at this point. But I think there are also a number of things in these chapters that relate to all of us who are followers of his. Notice what he says here in John 14 and verse 27. Peace I leave with you. My peace I give to you, not as the world gives do I give to you, Do not let your heart be troubled, nor let it be fearful. And then he states it maybe even in more strong terms when you come to the end of chapter 16. John 16 and verse 33, he says, These things I have spoken to you so that in me you may have peace. In the world you have tribulation, but take courage. I have overcome the world. Out here in the world, we have tribulation. We have stress. We have anxiety. We have pressure. But in Jesus Christ, we have peace. That peace doesn't necessarily mean that our anxiety is just going to go away, that God's going to snap his finger and boom, we don't have to deal with that anxious time or trial in our life anymore. But it does mean that God's peace is going to uh, allow us to, to overcome. Again, exactly how this process works is beyond our understanding many times, but I think we know it works because God has promised that it works. And so when we're experiencing the anxieties of life, again, whether it's now in your life or at some point in the future, let us do what Paul is instructing us to do here. Let us remember that the Lord is near. Let us take our anxieties to God in prayer with supplication. Let us leave our anxieties there with Him. And let us remember it is God's peace that will guard our hearts and our minds through His Son, Jesus Christ, A second text that we want to think about this morning as we continue uh, with this thought of prayer in anxious times is found in the words of the Apostle Peter in 1 Peter chapter 5. 1 Peter 5 beginning at verse 6. After Peter has given some instructions to his fellow shepherds uh, of of God's people, of local flocks, uh, of Christians, he then uh, gives us some instructions again about how we can deal with anxious times in our life. And he says in verse six, therefore humble yourselves under the mighty hand of God that he may exalt you at the proper time, casting all your anxiety or care on him for he cares for you. Be of sober spirit, be on the alert. Your adversary, the devil, prowls around like a roaring lion seeking someone to devour. But resist him firm in faith, knowing that the same experiences of suffering are being accomplished by your brethren who are in the world, after you have suffered for a little while, the God of all grace, who called you to his eternal glory in Christ, will himself perfect, confirm, strengthen, and establish you. So some similar uh, language, some similar instruction that Peter is giving us here as to what we just read from Paul. But Peter kind of brings in a different dimension here as he talks to us about our enemy, the devil. And, um, you know, when we are going through anxious times, I just say we as a people, not just those of us who are Christians, but even people in the world that don't really believe or at least claim that they don't believe in God, that God doesn't exist. When there are difficult times, anxious times that come along in in many of those people's lives, the first place they want to turn or the first person they want to turn to is God, (laughs) And they want to blame him. Why, why is God bringing this into my life? Why do I have to deal with this particular trial in my life right now? But Paul or Peter here rather reminds us that the devil has something uh, to do with, with this. So the trying times of life, I think, have a, a way of humbling us. And so, James, or, or uh, we've been in James so much <laughs> recently in our men's class, and I last Sunday was in Greenwood, Arkansas, and, and they doing a summer series on the book of James. But Peter here uh, says to us that we need to humble ourselves before God. And I think trials in our life, anxious times in our life, have a way of humbling us because they make us realize who we are and they make us realize who God is. They help us to, to maybe bring ourselves back to reality to remember that, hey, I'm not in control of my life. And I think especially those of us who are men, and at least myself, uh, and and I I believe I've grown in this area in in some ways uh, the last few years of my life, but we kind of want to be in control, don't we? You know, uh, maybe some of us are kind of control freaks. (laughs) You know, we we want everything uh, exactly the way that we want it. And uh, maybe that's just uh, kind of a, a, a... an effect or part of being males and that God has given us specifically the uh, responsibility of leading our wives and leading our, our families. But we want to be people oftentimes who are in control. But when we deal with anxious times in our life, we come to the realization we're not really in control of very much. But we also as Christians ought to rejoice in the fact that we now learn that God is in control, that God... It has the power to keep all things going in our world and in our life. And so in life's anxious times, uh, the Apostle Peter is telling us here, we must humbly come to God in prayer. We must place ourselves under His great power. That, that's the, I think, the whole idea here in this text of humbling ourselves before God is that we're placing ourselves under Him. We trust God implicitly. We know that God has the power to help us through and to overcome our anxieties. We realize that God is able even when we are oftentimes not. From the book of Ephesians, uh, this great promise that that, uh, God is making us here as Paul is writing these words, and it seems to me that this may be the the end of a prayer that uh, Paul is offering even for the, uh, the Ephesians and for all of us, but here at verses 20 and 21 of Ephesians 3, uh, Paul writes, Now to him who is able to do far more abundantly beyond all that we ask or think, according to the power that works within us, to him be the glory in the church and in Christ Jesus to all generations forever and ever. Amen. That our, Oftentimes as we look at a situation in our life, we're dealing with some anxiety in our life, our, our vision is very much limited. We we just see maybe one or two ways out, but God is able to do exceedingly abundantly beyond all that we can even think or ask, all that we can even imagine. He, He is so far beyond our capability and we need to place ourselves under him again as we come back to the words of Peter in 1 Peter 5 and trust, know, confidence that God is able even when we are not. But having done that, then Peter goes on to tell us that we need to, like Paul said, we need to bring all anxiety to God. We need to cast all of our anxiety on Him. And we do that because we know who God is. We know that we can cast our cares on Him because He cares for us. Verse 7, that's one of my, my favorite verses in all of Scripture because it reminds me in those difficult times in life, that I have a God, I have a Father in heaven who deeply loves me, who deeply cares for me. And God is going to, He cares for us so much that He's going to use His mighty hand as the Apostle Peter writes to us there in verse 6, that we need to humble ourselves under the mighty hand of God. But He's going to use His power to relieve our anxiety or if He chooses not to, at least to give us strength to keep going despite the anxiety that we are currently facing. I like the words of the psalmist. If you turn back there, the, the passage on the screen in uh, Psalm 55, uh, where David is facing a, something of a difficult time in his life. I don't know uh, exactly what it is. But Psalm 55, toward the end of that uh, particular psalm, uh, notice what he says, beginning at verse 16. He says, "'As for me, I shall call upon God, and the Lord will save me, "'evening and morning and at noon.'" I will complain and murmur and he will hear my voice he will redeem my soul in peace from the battle which is against me for they are many, they are many who strive with me and then at verse 22 he says here that we are to cast our burden cast your burden upon the lord and he will sustain you he will never allow the righteous to be shaken so David's not making us the promise here that if we cast our cares upon God, that he's just going, going to automatically take that care away, that he's going to automatically remove that anxiety from our life. But he is promising here that God's not going to leave us or forsake us, that God is going to walk with us through that anxious time. But we have to be people, back to verse 16 of of. Psalm 55. We have to be people who are constantly calling upon God that we are bringing our anxieties and worries and cares to Him. Notice here, David says this isn't just a one time thing in verse 17, evening and morning and at noon. And he's not trying to, to uh, sugarcoat his situation or make it more palatable for God to accept as if we need to do that. <laughs> But he says to us there in verse 17, all times of the day he's going to complain and murmur. I don't think this is in the sense of of the Israelites as we think about in their history complaining and murmuring against God. But this is the idea of when we are dealing with anxious times in our lives that we just lay it out there before God. Sometimes we want to complain to everybody else We want to tell our husband, our wife, our children, our parents, our brothers and sisters in Christ, our friends on social media, all about the trouble that we're dealing with in life. But I I think we have a great example here of David telling us, no, we need to take those complaints to God. (laughs) He, He is more than able to handle that. And of course, we need to do that with a respectful, reverent attitude. But still, God is the one who has the power uh, to work and to help us in, in those times in life. So as we do that, as we know that God loves us, we know that God cares for us, we know that God wants the best for us as children, we, we know, we're confident that God has the power uh, to do things that we can't do as we face difficult times in our, situa- in our lives. All of that knowledge, I believe, helps us, as Peter goes on here in this text, to stand up and to resist the devil's attempts to pull us further away from God And it may be in that anxious time in life that that he can bring more worry into our lives. But we need to resist the devil, uh, James tells us there at verse 8, and especially in these anxious times when we are beset with worries and cares of life. We need to be of a sober mind. We need to be on the alert, ever watchful, because our adversary is like a roaring lion. He's just roaming around. He's wanting to devour us. And Satan certainly can and has used anxiety to pull God's people away from him. Uh, Also, what uh, Peter mentions here at the end of verse 9 and verse 10, uh, knowing that whatever trial it is that we're experiencing, whatever anxiety it is that we're dealing with in our life, knowing that that is not unique to us ought to help us. And also knowing that it's something that's just temporary. It may be uh, an anxiety that we have to face or an anxious time that is for a number of months or years or maybe for the rest of our earthly life. But compared to eternity, that is something that is temporary. And so uh, Peter writes here at verse 9, knowing that the same experiences of suffering are being accomplished by your brethren who are in the world. And after you have suffered for a little while, then the God of all grace will himself perfect, confirm, strengthen, and establish you. I I think often about brethren in other countries in the world that that are facing far greater, at least, the potential for anxieties and anxious situations than I am. Uh, Even this very morning, uh, there is a a shepherd, one of the shepherds of the, the congregation in Elizabethtown, Kentucky, where we were, and a, a brother in um, uh, from Chile that are in a communist country, helping those brethren, encouraging them. Uh, as was mentioned here a few weeks ago about our brethren in Kenya that are dealing with a famine. From what I understand, there are brethren all over the world that are dealing with famines, and uh, it may get worse. We can think about our brethren in Ukraine and in Russia and so many places around the world and to think about them and to think about the fact that they are suffering as well, that they are dealing with anxious times just like we are. But for all of us, wherever we are, and whatever our circumstances are, to know that it's just for a little while. It will soon be over and we'll be at rest with, with God himself. So when we're experiencing the anxieties of life, let us not just take Paul's words to heart in Philippians chapter four, but let us also take the words of the apostle Peter here in 1 Peter five to heart. Let us live them out. Let us remember that we don't need to be prideful people in those times. We don't need to think, hey, I can deal with this myself. I can find the way out myself. We need to humble ourselves under an all-powerful God. We need to cast all of our cares on him, not just a few, but all of them. We need to remember that he cares for us And I think we ought to let that truth strengthen us so that we can resist Satan and then to know that our suffering, our trial, our anxiety is not unique to us. It's common. We all face anxieties of of various sorts and various kinds and various degrees. But in all of that, to remember that our anxiety is just temporary and that God will see us through. And, And one day we won't have to deal with anxieties. One day there won't be any worries. There won't be any cares. There won't be any stress. And won't that be a wonderful time? Let's close this morning very quickly with a short prayer. Our God and our Father in heaven, we are so thankful that you are our God. We are thankful that you are all powerful. We are thankful that you do care for us as we experience the cares of this life that often weigh us down and become burdens that are too heavy for us to bear. Help us to take the instructions from your word that we have read this morning. Help us to apply them to, to our lives. Help us to trust in you, to bring all of our anxieties and cares and lay them at your feet, trusting that you are more than willing and able to bear those burdens for us and with us. Help us, Father, to live with an eternal perspective, to remember that the trials and anxieties of this life are just here for a season, And Father, we're looking forward to the time when we can be together with you, with all of your people, and we can be uh, at home, we can be at rest, we can be truly at peace with you. Help us to keep our minds focused upon that each day as we live, and especially as we deal with anxieties in our lives. And all this we pray through your son, Jesus. Amen.